There he is. There he is. Happy Wednesday, my friend. How are you? What's up, Steve? What a day of baseball we had yesterday. You kidding? Woo! Woo! Oh, All right, dude. Yeah, this, this might be an extra juicy, extra long edition, playoff edition of baseball today, presented to you by our good friends at Dugout Mugs. Coming up, we are going to tell you, believe it or not, how Dugout Mugs has given away $25,000 worth of product over the next week and how you can be a part of it. So you just got to stay tuned for that. That's right. I'll repeat it. $25,000. Man, oh, man. But today I feel like a million bucks because I got to sit my fat ass on a couch and watch hours and hours of scintillating baseball. So let's start with the nightcap, if you don't mind. Astros saved their season. Altuve, the game-tying homer in the eighth. Then they explode in the ninth inning against Nathan Avaldi. We had the missed call, the clutch hit by Castro, the clutch hit by Michael Brantley. They just pile on and on and on. Your biggest takeaway from last night's game was? Well, the Astros aren't dead, so that's that's a big takeaway. But my best, my favorite thing that happened last night was the Jason Castro at bat. Look, a couple – I mean, there's so many factors that were working against him in that in. One, he's been sitting on the bench the entire game. Two, Nathan Eovaldi's out there blowing a hunch. We know what he's done. Like, he's been the Red Sox best pitcher. Fenway Park, people, does not have a visitor's cage just, like, sitting right behind the dugout. Like, you got to, like, go up the steps, through the dugout, through a concourse, and it's a little cage that's new. It's recent. They had to put that in. But to be an American League player – not, like, go through the pinch-hitting thing throughout the season. Sit your butt on the bench for, what was it, eight innings? Come out and give him a bat like that, tie the game up? That's the biggest That's the biggest bat of the year for them. And he said it after the game. So that's the biggest hit of my career. It was an incredible at bat, tied the game up. Um, oh, no, they went ahead on that, excuse me. Yeah. Save, save the season. Save the series. So you got to tip your cap to Jason Castro. Stanford guy. So, you know, he's a smart guy, calculated, went up there and did the damn thing. So, a few things about that at bat. Um, he had more than 40 at-bats in a category that they call late and close. And what defines late and close? That's the seventh inning or later with your team tied ahead by one run or you have the tying run at least in the on-deck circle. So, they're talking about a pressure at-bat. He had over an 1,100 OPS in that situation this year. So that is the right guy. There is no question about it. Um, this does not happen. Well, first of all, we called for him to start yesterday. And when he wasn't in the starting lineup, we were like, I don't know how you felt, but I was like, what the hell's going on here? You know, we've got a right-handed pitcher on the mound. I know what Martin Maldonado means to that team. But the Red Sox don't steal bases for the most part in the playoffs. They're mashing in the playoffs. Your pitchers aren't getting it done anyway. Now, maybe it was the right move because he ended up weaving and engineering way using multiple pitchers to get this thing done. And that bullpen pitched seven and two-thirds of nearly flawless baseball. Gave up four hits, struck out ten, and that's the biggest reason why the series is tied at two. Because it could have gone – Granky got four outs. It could have gone sideways. So that was awesome by them. Um, the call. The missed call by Laz Diaz. What is your take on the entire situation? Look, I mean, they miss calls. Umpires miss calls every single game, all game long. 
Mm-hmm. The bottom line, you know, everyone's crying for robot umpires, robot strike zone. I get it. You know, times like these, like, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but I will say, like, the call, although, you know, it did end up in the strike zone, there's so, – I mean, I don't know how this – how they even define this, but that call only gets called a strike. That ball only gets called a strike 23% of the time. So it wasn't as egregious as everyone's making it out to be. And like I said, there's just so many calls throughout the game. Until we have robot umpires, we kind of just got to chalk it up to baseball being baseball, the human element, all that stuff. I mean, it's tough. If you're on the wrong side of it, you hate it. If you're on the right side of it, you love it. Uh, Like I said, that one wasn't as – I know it was a big part of the game and he gets the hit right after, but 23% of the time that gets called a strike. Well, speaking of 23, according to the baseball uh, scorecard, that's the number of missed calls Laz Diaz had. So he was about an 88% accuracy rate. League average is 94%. To me, the bigger issue isn't that he missed the call. It sucks that he missed the call. It, it does, and I'm not trying to downplay it at all. I've never understood the process of umpires getting playoffs. Okay? It, to me, it sounds like tenured professors that just get to keep teaching. And the re- once again, this is why baseball – this is one of the many problems the game I love has issues. It's like they hide behind the curtain. They don't want to come out and say – well, actually, here's the reason why these guys are umping. I have no idea why they picked this crew. None. Were they the best this year? Is it just based on seniority? Is it uh, we picked names out of a hat? I have no idea, and I'm a huge baseball fan. So go ahead and tell me how. And then, it, you know, people say, well, he's got to be held accountable. Well, the being held accountable part doesn't happen on the night of him working home plate in game four of the ALCS. I'm sorry. That's too late. If, you, if you're not good enough at your job, you shouldn't be there in the first place. If the league wants to come out and say, here's the reason Laz Diaz is working the ALCS, then we'll all be like, okay, he had a terrible night. He had a terrible night, and he was a good umpire during the season. I don't think that's the case. And that's the problem with this. We have our most average umpires averaging the most critical games. Yeah, and holding umpires accountable works both ways. You know, you hold them accountable when they're faulting. You also should hold them accountable when they're doing well. I agree with you. We should have the best plate umpires behind the plate in these big games. Glass is not one of those. Joe West, even though he had that great game that we said in the playoffs, he's also not one of those. It is a seniority type thing. Um, I, I honestly also, I mean, I know umpires. I talked, I just talked to Jim Wolf about you know, his placement in the ALCS. And even then, I, you know, I don't know why he was placed there. I'm not saying that Jim Wolf shouldn't be there. I actually think he's a really good umpire. I'm just saying you're right. We don't know why these guys are picked. And that would be nice, number one, to know. And then number two, they should change the process. <laughs> Let's put the best guys. Let's reward these dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, most of the time, the young guys are, are better in the zone because they're, you know, they're not 65. Like your eyes start to go. The game speed yes. Like, let's give those guys who are all season long doing it, let's give them a chance in the postseason. Let's let them get that little extra cash. So, so a few things here. For people that say Laz Diaz cost the Red Sox the game, that is an inaccurate statement. It's totally false. The game was tied. So let's just play this scenario out. Called strike three. We moved to the bottom of the ninth. I didn't know Boston was going to win. I didn't know who was going to go extras. It's the same morons that say Bill Buckner cost the Red Sox the 86 World Series. If he fields the ground ball and beats 
uh, Mookie to the base, game's tied. It's game's tied. Yeah. We don't know. The Mets could have won in extra innings. So stop with that narrative. I hate that part of it. Everyone, if you're on the wrong side, like, it just comes out. I, I understand. Like, you know, when you root for a football team or a basketball team and they miss something, like, you get so pissed. So I understand why people are mad, but, yes. I do, It's not guaranteed anything for the Red Sox. You want to get the call right, number one. Right. That's just the bottom line here, and we need to start holding the umpires accountable both ways. But the, the proper phrasing is he cost us a chance to win the game. He didn't cost you the game. There is a total difference. Yep. Total difference. Okay? I, Can we agree on that? I agree on I agree on that. Number two, I see a lot of people wishing you a happy birthday in the chat. Is this true? It's not my birthday. <laughs> what? I didn't see any of that. Why are people wishing me that? I saw it earlier and I just wanted to make sure. Can I just wish you a happy Wednesday? Happy, happy Wednesday. Wednesday. June fifteenth. Don't ever forget that, okay? I won't. I'll put it right here. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy. All right, let's move on. Yeah. So now we're tied at twos. The series is guaranteed to get back to Houston. Has all the momentum shifted to that dugout? Uh, I don't think all the momentum has shifted to, to the dugout. I don't think that. I do think the Astros obviously gained some momentum there. You know, they gained some more confidence because, look, they went and did it against the Red Sox, two best pitchers. Whitlock gives up the homer to Altuve. Ivaldi comes in. They score a bunch of runs off him. So that builds your confidence up because, you know, Cora was trying to slam the freaking door last night. Or, you know, like he brought in Whitlock. Didn't work out. He's like, you know, I'll keep it tight. Let me bring my other dude. Didn't work out. So, I mean, when you're on the Astros, you're like, hey, there's not one pitcher out there that can stop us. And that's what you take into today's game and the rest of the series. So I, I don't think they have all the momentum. I think the Red Sox are just fine. They can answer back just fine. Uh, Framber versus Sale is going to be interesting. That didn't really work out for either team. Mm -hmm. The first game that that happened. So it's obviously very good for the Astros to get that W. And I think more so just on the confidence side. The momentum is, I would say, 50-50 right now. Yeah. I, here's why it can't totally be there. Because – I know they've got game five to play, but we know that Avaldi's going to start game six. We know who's going to start game six for the Astros. How's Garcia's knee? Can Odorizzi respond? Like, there's a lot of questions there. A ton of pressure on Framber Valdez. He has got to give them a minimum. This is a minimum for their game one starter. Four innings. Minimum. And he can't give up five runs in those four innings. He has to give them some length. I mean, and, and I'm embarrassed to say that that's length because of what this bullpen has gone through, what they had to – Graveman pitched two beautiful innings last night. Uh, you know, yeah. got it. I'm slipping my mind. The kid that came in and dominated for several innings last night. Uh, uh, Javier. Yeah, Javier was fantastic. Saved the game for him. So, you know, they're still screwed up pitching-wise. Not that the Red Sox are much better off, but at least they know who they can give the ball to in game six. Yeah, no, it's not It's not a perfect plan for the Astros going forward. They definitely need Framber to give them some length. He can. Like, it wouldn't surprise me tonight if Framber goes out there and throws six innings. Like, he's just – he has that ability to do it. He does. And they really need him to. But you're totally right. I mean, both – actually, I think both sides, like, the pitching isn't great for both sides. Uh, but, yes, they do have Eovaldi going game six, which is always nice. But – we just saw 
the Astros get to them. The more times you see somebody, and I'll bring this up later in the in, in, in this discussion, but like just another time for them to see Eovaldi, I, I don't, you know, I know Cora has been known to push all the right buttons, but I saw him again. You see him again, Game Six. That gives you that gives you an advantage. The more you see a pitcher as a hitter, start climbing. I know, and I get all that. But where where should he have gone? I I love the ballsy move. I told you this in 2018. They started only five different pitchers in their 14 playoff games, and all five of them also pitched out of the bullpen. And it was masterful what he did back then. He was trying the same thing: get a lockdown inning out of my best pitcher. We'll go walk it off in the ninth. It's masterful if it works. We, that's how it goes, right? It's masterful. I know. It's, it's detrimental if it doesn't work. And we're kind of seeing it this year. Uh, and I don't know if it's coming off of 2020 into the full season in 2021, but, like, you know, a lot of these guys who have been used out of the pen and then come back for their starts haven't been as sharp. We, we've just seen it. It's mm-hmm. true. The workload, and, you know, it, Smoltz was talking about it last night. He's like, you know, if you – if you're 15 to 20 pitches, that's not going to affect your – you're talking about Presley at this point. So that's not going to affect your Christmas for the next day. But once you get to that 25 mark, like, mm-hmm. it could. Evaldi, I think, through 24 pitches. They'll have today and then an off day. So he should go. But still, my, my thinking is you see him and you see him and you see him and you see him. The hitters just get that little bit more of an advantage. Real quickly, give me 30 seconds on this. Chris Sale in the playoffs so far in two starts, three and two-thirds, six earned, nine hits allowed. Good Chris Sale, bad Chris Sale today. today? I, don't, I think we're going to see an average Chris Sale. You know, I think that he'll have some good spots, some bad spots. I'll give, I'll give him four innings. I think the Red Sox would sign up for that, which is okay. unbelievable. I think they'd sign up for it. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. All right, uh, so I told you earlier that Dugout Mugs is actually giving away $25,000 worth of product. Let me repeat that to everybody so you can all hear me. $25,000 worth of product. Every single order placed at DugoutMugs.com is going to include, yeah, that bad boy, a free knob shot. Okay, so how do we come up with $25,000? Because knob shots are usually 25 bucks. but if you buy anything else on their website, they're going to give one to you free. No additional charge. You're not paying the shipping and handling. It is 1,000% free. So you get to do this. You're like, God, that is the best free knob shot I have ever had in my life. Now, you hurry up. You can still use the code word JOMBOY at DugoutMugs.com, and it's going to be better than their Black Friday sale. You're going to get 35% off. Now, I know that Trev was not a math major, but 35% off. Let's say you spend $100. When you take 35% off, you're paying only $65. So if you get $100 worth of product, you're only paying $65. Plus you get a free knob shot that's worth $25. So you're really getting $125 worth of product for $65. Bucks. Are, you, are you following along with me? That was a lot of numbers, bro. Can I just tell you something? Yes. I said yesterday, you can make out with a knob shot or a dugout mug if you want. I found if you want. Use for the knob shot. Want to see? It makes cool noises. Do that again. Give this to your kids. They'll be like, oh my God. Oh my God. You're welcome, dugout mugs. Oh my God. All right. So hurry up and save. Knob shots, they make 
Look, they make great stocking stuffers. Great stocking stuffers. The whole idea is go out and get this stuff now. Hurry up and order. That's why they want to give you the 35% off now. Like if you want to do your holiday shopping right now, this is a great idea. You keep hearing about all these delays on inventory. Do your holiday shopping two months early. Let's go. Or if you're doing your Hanukkah shopping, do it about six weeks early. Let's get it out of the way. They're saying you got to get your holiday shopping done early this year. Okay, guys? Yes. Go get it. You don't want the bare shelves. You're walking through. There's nothing there. You're like, shit, I should have listened to Rosie and Poof and got a dang dugout mug. Yeah. So it's dugoutmugs.com. The keyword is John Boy. The keyword is John Boy. That'll get you 35% off your major orders. Plus, you're going to get a free knob shot. You don't have to pay the shipping and handling. It's worth 25 bucks. Makes a great stocking stuffer. Let's go do it. Woo! Feel good. Now let's get back to the task at hand. The Atlanta Braves still lead the best of seven NLCS two games to one, but they were just a few outs away from taking the generic commanding three games to none lead until Cody Bellinger swung at a pitch up around his eyes, launched a three-run homer into right center field, and tied the game. Mookie then hit a go-ahead double in the eighth inning. Kenley slammed the door shut by striking out the side. And we are now at two games to one. Atlanta leads the series. But how shocked would you have been if I told you three weeks ago that Cody Bellinger would have hit the ball that saved the Dodgers season to this point? Honestly, I wouldn't have been that shocked. Okay, I'm, I'm shocked you say that. I know he struggled all year long. I get it. But we knew he made the adjustment. A very big adjustment. He went from having hands way up here, which means you got to go all the way here to just right here, and he can just go. He's quick to the ball. There's no way he gets to that pitch where his hands were starting earlier in the season. So he made the adjustment. And number two, I brought this up a bunch of times. Postseason starts. Um, also, luckily, he was even starting because there's some injuries, blah, blah, blah. But postseason starts. Your numbers don't matter in the regular season. It's a clean slate. And what that does for your confidence, it's crazy. You know, you could have a, whatever he hit, 120. What, what did he hit? This year he hit 165. 165? That is gone, dude. You don't see that on the Jumbotron anymore. It's a fresh start. He even said after the game last night, he's like, it's two different seasons for me. That is huge for you. When you're during the season, you're slumping and you're slumping. You, you, you could say, I can go four for four here, and my numbers are still going to be – I'm hitting 165 to one, now I'm hitting 170. Like, in the postseason, it all changes. The numbers are brand new. It's a new set, a new lease on life for Cody B, and he showed it last night. So, to answer your question, I wouldn't have been that surprised only because of his track record and the fact that everything resets in the postseason. And he made the adjustment, let's go, Cody. I was shocked. I, if you had come to me on October 1st and said, uh, Cody Bellinger is going to be a star for the Dodgers in the playoffs, I would have been like, what? Like, not the guy I saw this year. Not the guy who swung like he was still injured with multiple injuries. I mean, his swings during the regular season were brutal. I, I think what might have turned his playoffs around was that walk in the ninth inning in the wild card game. People forget he was the one that walked before – uh, Chris Taylor hit the two-run bomb to walk it off. When you start, I've always been told by major leaguers, when you start walking mm -hmm. during a slump, that means you're seeing the ball better. 
accurate? Yeah, 100%. There's a couple things that like, get you out of a slump. One, getting jammed and getting a base hit to right field or a walk is a good one. Even a – like just getting something positive going. But mm -hmm. the walk just tells you you're letting the ball travel a little bit deeper. And you're if you're getting the ball in the strike zone, you're going to be more successful. Yeah. So uh, – and now he's been a star. He got that huge double in game two of the divisional round. And then last night was like the Bellinger of old. I mean – I seen him swing through. It felt like a thousand ninety-seven mile an hour fastball around his eyes this year, and for him to get on top of that, I was like, "Holy shit!" I could not believe it happened. I'm happy for him. I remember earlier in the playoffs, I tweeted out, "I wonder how much money Cody Bellinger has cost himself." I'm happy that he started to earn it back because I don't root against anybody. I really don't. I'm just, to me, it's one of the bigger stories that we've had in this sport in the last two years is what has happened to a guy who was reaching his prime and fell off an, you know, a mountain productivity-wise. I'd be really scared of Cody if I was the Braves going forward. Mm -hmm. He already was gaining his confidence back little by little throughout the beginning of this postseason. With that homer, the confidence is fully back. And for a guy like him, it's paramount. Like, that's just the kind of person he is. I talked to a few of his buddies, asked him what was going on with him. He wasn't that confident during the season. It was wearing on him. Uh -huh. Get the confidence back. We obviously know the type of player he can be. Look out, dude. Look out. I, I honestly, if I was the Braves, he's probably the person I'd be most careful with going forward. Other than Mookie. Well, obviously, there's – yeah, you're right. I forgot how the Dodgers lineup is. Mookie, Seager. I mean, all of them be careful. Trade no, 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 but, but there's other guys that have holes right now. In a big spot, look out for Belly. I'm with you. And, by the way, I know it's a little thing. Two things. First of all, if I'm Luke Jackson, I throw the same pitch against Bellinger today. I thought it was – I thought he executed well. I thought Bellinger just was better. And sometimes that happens in the sport. Number two, why would they have ever thrown a strike to Mookie Betts? Last night? I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know. Every time we bring up the Dodgers lineup, we start talking about who's in it. I'm like, holy crap, how do they ever lose a freaking game? But, yes, Mookie is – he's something else. And, yeah, you know, you get in that situation. I think it was Chavez in, right? Yeah, it was. He's, he's just kind of – I think that's the kind of pitcher he is. Like, he's not going to be careful with anybody. He's been around for a long time, probably 10-plus years, 12 years he's been in Oh, yeah, long, long time. You know, his – you know what? His, his wife is a longshoreman. I didn't know that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I didn't know that about him. Yeah, that's badass, man. Wife is that, that's a tough gig. And she's done it. I think she still does it. You know, I think they've had a couple of kids, and she still does that for a living, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty sure that's what happens. Okay. All right, anyway, let's move on. Brian Snicker was asked about the loss and if it was devastating after the game, and he said – but I think the guys have a lot of confidence in themselves and, and you know, they'll get a good night's sleep and have a nice dinner and be ready to go tomorrow. And I don't, there, there won't be no residual effects. I don't, uh, after this game here, um, like, I, like there never has been with this group. I don't feel. Do you think there'll be any carryover to game five, four, four to game four? Well, I mean, I hope not, but what's he supposed to say? Like, even if like there was a little bit of let, I mean, obviously, like that's a deflating freaking loss right there. So it's gonna it's gonna carry over a little bit. And if you're a snicker, you're not gonna say that. Um, is there? Let me stop you. Is there such thing for players as a carry? I know you didn't play in the playoffs, so 
you know, in 162, you kind of wash it away. But have you ever felt like a really bad loss from a night before where you thought you had it wrapped up and you end up losing it, and then you come back the next day and it isn't quite out of your system? Of course, especially against a team like the Dodgers where you had them to the ropes. You had them on the ropes last year. And then you're seeing, like, a similar thing happen this year. Like, that's going to be in your mind. But, but you're going to show up today and you're not going to remember the game whatsoever from yesterday. So it'll haunt you for a little bit during the night. You show up today, once the game starts, dude, it's all about today. And these guys are professionals. They understand how to put things behind them. That's the one thing you have to learn if you want to be a successful baseball player is just how to shut yesterday up, good or bad. So I don't think it'll carry over into today's game. It probably did in their minds a little bit last night. But like I said, like today is a new day for them. Yeah, okay. Well, it's definitely a fan thing. I mean, if you're a fan of the Atlanta Braves today, you're sitting here, you know, in part because you still have PTSD from last year's NLCS. That's a lot of initials, but you understand what I'm getting at. Yeah. Last year, they actually lost game three, 15 to three, which whatever, um, it's a loss. You get blown out. They had no chance of winning that game pretty much from the onset. And they moved on and they ended up winning the next day, 10 to two. And I'm talking about Atlanta taking a three games to one lead. It's critical today, right? I, we don't know exactly which direction the Braves are going yet. They could go Yanoa. Uh, they could go straight bullpen game. They still feel good about their situation, but they're running those guys out there every day. The Dodgers aren't the only bullpen where they're being overused. It's happened with Atlanta now. And we'll see. We talked earlier about um, starters that have to come into the games in the middle of series out of the bullpen like Nathan Evaldi did last night. We'll see how that wears on him in game six. We'll get a good look at Julio Urias today. You know, he pitched that dreadful inning in game two. So there, there's a lot of question marks going into game four. Yeah, a lot of question marks. Thanks for bringing up the fact that I never played in the playoffs. I always love when you do that. That's no, 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 no. Hey, that's not to be mean. I need to – because people will say, well, hold on. How's Plouffe supposed to answer this question? You didn't play in the playoffs. So I'm doing my due diligence as a host. Oh, well, people know I would have been a postseason hero if I played in the in the. Playoffs. Absolutely, there's no question. Every, no question. You want to get Ash in here? Can we? Let me see here. Ash, request us. Let's go. You want in? You want in, Ash? I need to hear him talk about the Braves because that was tough. Yeah, I got about a minute for Ashland because uh, we we got to get going. Got uh, got some stuff. Let's go, Ash. Where are you? What else we got? Give me the other question, man. All right. Well, the last one. Uh, we, there was a great shot of um, – here, hold on. I think she's in the – here she is. All right, we're bringing her in. Yeah, we call it Ash Wednesday, as somebody just said in the chat. I like that, Ash Wednesday. All right, let's see. Come on, Ash. She's running right now. She is. You sent a request. I'm trying. I'm trying. There she I, is. I'm about to be so logical it's uh, going to blow y'all's minds. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so logical. You're not. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. Cause last night I was not. I was pissed. I was fucking pissed. Cause we shouldn't have lost that game. No reason we should have lost that game. Should have put it away. We had 18 runner base runners and we scored five runs. That's fucking pathetic. That shit can't happen. Period. But it did. Um, Luke's pitch was not a bad pitch. He said he would do it again. He should do it again. Cody Bellinger is Cody fucking Bellinger. He's two years removed, right, from MVP. Yes. Three, two, whatever, two. rookie of the year. Like, yes, he sucked this year, but he's still Cody fucking Bellinger. And we don't forget, what was it, game six or seven? Seven, I think. Yeah, it was seven. Last year, he put it away. 
went ahead, it, whatever. Yesterday's done. So, today. Grab a seat. Yeah, today, you just have to go and hit Julio. We've done it before. You have to do it again. We just need one in L.A. That's it. We just yeah. need one. If you would have told me last week, hey, the Braves are going to lose, Walker Bueller start, uh, okay. Duh. Like, okay. It's demoralizing. It sucks. It's frustrating. However, as far as the team goes, I don't think there's going to be carryover because of fucking the shit that's already happened this year. You had to deal with Marcelo Zuna being a apparent piece of shit, losing that part of the team. You had to come back. You lost our once-in-a-generation player in Ronald Acuna, had to come back. You lost Mike Soroka, who we thought we were going to get back eventually. That's our ace. That's our Maddox. We are supposed to get him back. Lost him again. Never threw a pitch. We had to wake up for like three and a half weeks. Win-loss, 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 win-loss every fucking day. Like, all teams go through shit. All teams go through shit. But this team's going through some shit and got here, and it's just fucking time to win. It's fine. It's fine. Just need one. Speak your piece, Ashlyn, from Men's Playing Baseball Elsewhere. Go check her out on the podcast. Take a deep breath. Yep, yeah, Luffy. Also uh, from Hey Y'all. Yeah. Subscribe to the channel. Yeah. <laughs> hey Y'all. <laughs> All right. Love you, um, Love you guys. Ash, enjoy the game tonight. Okay. Yes. Take a deep breath. It'll be all. All will be well. Yes. Waffle House Katy Perry's doing just fine. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, Waffle House Katy Perry. We'll y'all have a soon. good Wednesday. Bye. I love y'all. Bye. There she is. She tells it like it is, man. I do want to say, as a Dodger fan, I mean, if you're a Dodger fan, mm-hmm. it could be 3-0. Ray's walked it off twice. Totally. Absolutely. Like, this is a close series. So, you know. Yes. Coin flip for me right now. I'm with you. All right, so the last question was, before Belly's Heroics, there was a shot that showed a bunch of cars, like a streamline of cars, leaving Dodger Stadium in the eighth inning at about 4.40 in the afternoon local time. Um, Do you say, yeah, I get it, or shame on you? I'll give you the rundown of what you can do at Dodger Stadium, okay? During the regular season, you either show up early or you show up a little late, and you can either leave early or stay late. That's during the regular season, okay? Like, I understand if you got to get out of there, the traffic is miserable. That's the regular season. You come to a playoff game. You come to a playoff game. You sit through nine. I don't know. However long it takes you to get into the stadium, whatever. Once you're there, you sit through nine. And then all you have to do is hang out. Just stay an extra 30 minutes in your seats, you know, enjoy watching them clean up the field or whatever, and then you can go. Stop in a playoff situation. What are you going to go? 4.40 p.m., you said, Chris. You're going to go down the freeway at that point? Good luck. What were you thinking? You're going to get out of, a, out of a parking lot to go sit on another parking lot, which is the 5 freeway, at 5 o'clock. So, like, Stay. Actually, so there were, a, I'm sure there were a ton of fans that probably pulled the L.A. downtown double dip, going right from Dodger Stadium to Staples Center to go check out the new look Lakers against the Warriors. But that game didn't start until after seven o'clock. So if you're leaving at four forty and you're doing that, it's probably because you wanted to get some sort of bite at a posh restaurant. 
That's my guess. And if so, shame on you. Um, well, shame on you entirely. But it's not. This is the this is the LA fans DNA. It really is. Go look at the clips of. No, listen to me, young man. You were a baby when this happened. The '88 World Series. How old were you? Three. Two years old. <laughs> okay. '88 World Series. Go look at clips of Kirk Gibson's home run. As the ball is sailing out to right field off of Dennis Eckersley, take a look at the number of brake lights that are shining bright. What do you think that is? That's all the people that left Dodger Stadium in a one-run game. That's all the people that left Dodger Stadium, and they'll claim to have been there for one of the great moments in World Series history, but instead they were getting their asses on the freeway. So don't tell me that this is a once-in-a-generate. No, this has happened. Yes, go ahead. It also happens in other stadiums, too. It's not just only pile on Dodger fans. And I will say this. I don't really blame the fans. I blame whoever's in charge of Dodger Stadium's parking. One. Yes. Let's figure this shit out. Because, look, nobody wants to sit in their car for an hour after the game. So, like, people are stressed about that. If you have young kids, you're like, how can I sit in my car uh, for an hour after the game without, like, my kids' heads exploding? So, like, I understand why some people will leave. They need to figure out uh, the situation there. I understand there's only so many exits at, uh, from the parking lot, but, like, there's some smart people in this world. It would do you well, serve you well, to figure that out. Yeah, it is horrible. I, I will say this. I get it. I've lived in L.A. for 22 years, and the traffic patterns are make traffic no sense in this town. Go to Atlanta. Traffic is worse in Atlanta than it is in L.A. Yeah, it is, but I have a problem with that fan base, too. I do. I've lived there too. I lived there for three years. Do they also? Do they? Do they what? Do they leave early? Yeah, they just don't. They they just also just don't pack a forty thousand seat stadium either in the playoffs. Fifty thousand yesterday. Yeah, they had fifty thousand yesterday in L.A. Yeah, there were some empty seats though. Okay. I get it. Two o'clock start. I'll be curious to see what happens tonight. So hey, that I'll say this though. There was a shot of Belly the home run and I wasn't going all the way up to the tops of the stadium. It was just the crowd in the front. That was, people were going nuts. I know. And they should. It was an amazing moment. And you want to say you had been there. Yeah. You want to be, you want to be the, the person who said, yeah, I left uh, in the, uh, in the bottom of the seventh inning to go walk to my car at four forty. Are we going to the game tonight? I don't think so. Tomorrow? Definitely not. Yeah. The Browns are playing Thursday night, bro. I got to have two TVs working. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate you understanding. No? What? Don't forget about dugoutmugs.com, keyword John Boy. You can get 35% off of your offer and get yourself a free. Don't have to pay for shipping and handling of the knob shop. Go do it today. All right? Thank you. All right, dude. This was a fun one today. 36 minutes we went today. Oh, I could do more. Can't, could you? In fact, I'm going to go do it right now. I'm talking baseball. Go check that out. Oh, okay. Uh, once again, Rose Rotation with Miguel, my man, Miguel Rojas. And then I got to prep for my uh, Rose Rotation with Chris Bassett of the Oakland A's tomorrow. Got a lot to cover with him. A lot to cover. He made a mind. Make sure you say, uh, I say hello. Yeah. Ohio guy, by the way. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. You're surrounded by him. I didn't know he was just a little trashy. I didn't know that. So that's good. Good to know. I like that. What'd you just say? What? I love people from Ohio, actually. I know a lot of people from Ohio. Yeah, we're nice people. Most of us. Matt, I'm kind of 
Matt Guerrier. Yes. Uh, Shaker Heights, Ohio. Shaker Heights. From my, from my town. Yeah. Tom. All right, that's enough. We could have this conversation offline. Everybody have an amazing day. Enjoy your doubleheader baseball Wednesday. We'll see you Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, for another edition of Baseball Today. We love you.